Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Thanks for joining us on another fabulous Friday, the day after the NFL draft. I paid no attention to that because Taylor Swift was dropping a new video and song. Um, I'm sure both of you were very interested in that. Unless the song was about the Steelers <laughs> trading up to have the 10th overall pick and picking Devin Bush, linebacker from Michigan. If that was what the song was about, I know all about it. Otherwise, I only know about the draft. I know. So boring. We've got important issues to get to, like the GOP convention and whatnot. Governor Herbert making some announcements, the Inland Port. But before we get to that, what everyone's talking about right now is Endgame. Jim, I'll let you go first. Have you already purchased your tickets no. and your adult diaper for the three-hour film I, length? I don't like any superpower movies. You know, just give oh, me a... Of course you don't. Just give me a movie with real powers, not superpowers. And I, Transformers. <sighs> you can never tell who's going who's gonna to win because they can suddenly transform to some other power. I'm mostly uh, on Jim's team for this. I like dramas where it's like real life. And so Star Wars frustrates me, superhero movies. My husband and son are going tonight. So luckily, they're not going to waste $10 on me. But they're not going. wasting it. Your son and your husband are on the right track. Superhero movies are why the U.S. will continue to be the lone superpower in the world. It is good versus evil. We all fight about all politics. Jim and I are going to argue about issues. You're going to play referee. You're going to have a take. But when it comes to our superheroes... This whole planet gets on the same side. We love the Avengers. We love Iron Man and Captain America and Hulk and everybody. We're all on the same team. So are you taking the it. fam tonight or did you go last night? No, already? it'll be this weekend. I'm going to have to get tickets to go. But no, my family, these are big events in the Hughes home. We love super, superhero movies. We love the DC comics too. But this Avenger one has been talked about forever. Even in China, they've been lining up for months for their tickets. To this go. is like... Everybody loves it. I'll be Except you, you guys are a little I'm, I'm, skeptical. I, Heidi, let's thing. go. We'll go. I know. You have to go. Together. I actually no. do have FOMO. Is that what the kids call it now? Fear of missing out. So now I told my husband and son to go while yes. I'm at work. And yes. now I feel like I can't talk about it with everybody at work. And so now I'm going to feel There's bad that a I didn't lot. see I hear, it. I haven't, I've been staying away from all the spoilers because I hear there are you know big, big things happening. you got to stay away from all that so he doesn't ruin the movie for you. But then that means you got to okay, see it sooner end, later. Yeah, don't say. Don't I know. say. I don't belong to that homos or whatever it is you say. What? <laughs> All right. FOMO. Is FOMO. It, it's a FOMO. FOMO is much different than FOMO. I hope you right. edit that part. Uh, we cannot edit We get to the here. serious part of this show. We can't, we can't take you anywhere, serious. Jim. Before we move no on, though, I feel like... People on television will never see this. People will not see this, but I do want to say I saw Spider-Verse recently, that cartoon one like that. Did you like that? And Superwoman. Yeah, I used to wear Superwoman underoos when I was in elementary school. Wonder Woman or Superwoman? Wonder Woman. That's Wonder Woman. Yes. Yeah, sorry, Wonder I get them all confused. Okay, so now we've got to talk about things that there's no superpowers involved. Really a lot of idiocy, if you ask me, in both <laughs> the GOP and also Democrats here in Utah. I'm not sure what they're doing, but the GOP convention's coming up, and they have three things on their to-do list. One of them is to endorse ranked choice voting. We'll talk about that. A statement that SB 54, the dual path, is the law of the land. Apparently, they're still not okay with the fact that people like Mitt Romney can get signatures and get on the ballot. And this is the part that's insane to me. A call for the repeal of the new hate crimes law that a Republican governor 
just signed and was passed by a Republican legislator. Lature. Lots of legislators in the yes. legislature. Is is this? A, I'm assuming you'll be there. This is I will. this is the party of um, which you belong at this point. Do you support their three bullet points of making look, a point? Look, it's it, these organizing conventions. They're going to be looking at uh, electing delegates. Will be picking a new chair, vice chair. Yeah. The current chair is not running again. And then you have resolutions where there is an accumulative voice of a political party. Uh, these are up for consideration. It doesn't mean that they'll necessarily pass. I think that the Supreme Court deciding not to hear the case of SB 54 or the mm -hmm. direct access to the ballot through gathering signatures, that was something that was challenged by people in the Republican Party. Um, that, was not, that, that was not going to be heard by the Supreme Court. So it is the law, and it, and it cannot be challenged anymore. And so the question that they're posing to delegates is, do we like that, yes or no? I don't. It doesn't really matter what that I mean, answer at is some because point it's like why? If you if you don't like it, you got to get a legislature to change the law and a governor to sign it, and that's the arena in which that will play. But people are free to put those uh, res resolutions out there. Uh, the other one Repeal regarding the hate crimes. repealing the hate crimes. Look, you know there have been versions of that bill that I had voted against in the past. I had had some great conversations with Sim Gill. We spoke about what I worried were unintended consequences. You don't want to get into a scenario where if someone belongs to uh, a certain faith or they're a certain ethnicity or um, there's something unique about them that makes them that makes a crime against them immediately just enhanced by virtue of who they are. Um, I'm convinced that that's not what this legislation was. I'm convinced that this legislation truly did target uh, or single out acts and enhanced penalties for people that were being targeted because of certain, you know, their faith or their gender or their uh, ethnicity or things that you don't want to see uh, happen and that I think it's appropriate that you would enhance the penalty. But I think that this resolution will give, the, will give an opportunity to debate the difference between past hate crime uh, bills and the difference with this one because I think this one was different and I think it's why it passed. All right, so Jim, let's talk about this because this was something that was near and dear to your heart. You were pushing hard to pass it. Passed. A Republican governor signed it, and now Republicans want to discuss whether or Look, not if it was all done. Those delegates want to um, what's the word? Abolish hate crimes. I say let's abolish those delegates. I mean, <laughs> give me a break. What world do they live in? So that's that one. Not even on the table. Up in the night. For those that don't really understand political blah, 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 let me translate what all of this SB 54 and all of this is. Bob Bennett was a U.S. senator. He was very popular among Republicans and among people in the state. I mean, 60, 70 percent. And you had a little guy who decided, you know what? I don't care if he's popular or not. I don't want to run against three million people. I want to get a little tiny group of fanatical activists in the Republican Party, and I want those 3,000 people to run against. So Mike Lee ran and ran and ran and ran, and he didn't talk to one normal Utahn. He just talked to these 3,000 little delegates. And they're all fringies anyway. And the Democratic You've Party. You've been a Democratic I'm delegate. No, You're I'm totally fringe. Yourself. I'm okay, totally fringy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, not, yeah, I'm not being demeaning about that. But, you know, we live in a closed <laughs> world about all this political it stuff. True. It's our life. You know, most people. Yeah. Um, so what happened is um, Bennett got defeated. The 3,000 beat him. And he couldn't even get in a primary. So no voters 
could actually vote for him, and he was gone, and little Mike Lee has been in there, this crazy guy, this fringe guy, has been representing Utah in the Senate ever since, and so what happened is a lot of mainstream Republicans, like Mike Levitt, and you could go on name after name, uh, Orrin Hatch, who had the same thing, the convention delegates one time threw him into a primary too. They all said, we don't want that. We want to make it easy to get on the ballot uh, so that Republicans can pick on a ballot and not in a convention. So that's, they've been fighting two years. The led, the, this group uh, within the Republican Party has been suing the Republican Party, and the Republican Party's been suing the legislature. It's been suicidal, but I think it's, it's over. The Republicans do have to work themselves out because yeah, it's got to be a united party. Uh, it is a hot mess. No, they don't. the purpose of having a political party if the parties are not unified yeah. and looking to elect those from their party, and that's kind of the goal. I think the, the, the 2010 election cycle is a bad example because in that year that Bob Bennett lost in convention, that was the year of the Tea Party. That was right after the Senate had uh, passed Obamacare on a straight partisan vote. There definitely uh, was a and, swing that year. Yeah, and there were uh, many, many uh, Republican incumbents that were that were not reelected because the, the sentiment of the country at that time was, wow, we got this and you couldn't stop it. We ought to start new. Mike Lee did not win that, that convention. He came in second place in that convention to Tim Bridgewater. So, But I, I think that the, the bottom line... Uh, premise of having access to the ballot through signatures right. that was that was uh, it was going to be a ballot measure by itself SB 54 came because many f felt and I felt that having a caucus convention cycle and being able to talk to people is more substantive than just direct mail and 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 media buys so that was the compromise it's been decided now yeah if someone wants to change that that's going to have to go through a legislative process and have a governor willing to sign that if it would pass I, I just think that having a resolution, you can still t fight about it, but I think you start to lose the focus of what political parties are supposed to do. Sometimes it's time to move on, although I did notice... Including this subject. This yes, this subject, <laughs> for sure. I was going to say on Twitter this week, though, those divides were very clear on um, Twitter. President Trump actually tweeted about both of our senators, very mad at Mitt Romney, who went, obviously, the signature route and got on the ballot for calling the president out, and then Mike Lee got a pat on the back for his book coming out. So you could see the divide of the parties and the support there. Mike so it's Lee, interesting. Mike Lee and his re-election collected signatures as well, but there, yeah. there definitely is was different sentiments between our two senators recently. Yes, very recently. And we can't wait to see what happens You know next. what? Nobody, nobody knows you said we were the done with dramatic that topic. animosity between Orrin Hatch and Mike Lee. I mean, they, they could barely be in the same room together. I've been it's in the same room with them at the same time, and they seem to... By full disclosure, you are not related to the I, former senator. Ish. I should answer that question. It's one of the top Google questions about Heidi Hatch. Senator Hatch is not my grandfather. He's not my uncle. Hatch is my married name, so I technically have no Hatch blood inside of me, but I believe that if you were to do some genealogy and go back many, many generations, I will be You'd related to Senator you're not, you're, not, you're not going to the, the Christmas party. I'm not going to the Christmas parties. If he leaves money to his family, I likely will not get any of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I don't Good know. We can call him. All right. Next question here. Not question, but I wanted to mention that Governor Herbert uh, had a press conference this week at an elementary school. Had nothing to do with it, but he had a Band-Aid on. So he had to talk about the fact that he's dealing with skin cancer, has to go another round of getting something cut out. So I think it's a good reminder after we see our former governor, John Husband, go through the same thing just a few months ago. Sunscreen matters, kids. Are you a sunscreenaholic? You look tan a lot. Right? I, I sizzle my skin. It's a terrible habit I have. But I am sensitive to uh, skin cancer. My mother passed from melanoma. It's, a, it's the most treatable cancer we have. Uh, my mother uh, 
had it, she passed at the age of 50. Do you get so your checks? I do. That, that I do. I, I see the dermatologist regularly. And um, I've had basal cell. It's not, the, it's not yeah. melanoma that spreads quickly, but basal cell. And I've had that removed. And I do think we have to be very careful. And in this elevation in Utah especially, Absolutely. the sun is uh, more harsh. And it can do a lot more damage. What about you, Jim? You never seem as tan to me. You stay inside a lot. I stay locked up. Yeah, so you're good to go. <laughs> do you get your yearly We all look tans? healthier tan. That's the big problem, I you know? I like being tan. I feel I like too. it makes you feel like you lost 10 pounds. You look it more is. lively. It I like it. I like tan. I think it's, it's therapeutic. I know. I'm more careful as an adult, though. I wear sunscreen. I do admit that there were some raging waters days in my uh, youth and childhood I wish I could redo with less oil and fewer blisters and sunburns. But kids are go. done. But, hey. but the sunscreen's important, especially as we come into summer. Yes. Everyone should be careful. And best wishes to the governor as he has to deal with that. Yeah. Okay, so this week there was an inland port meeting. I think it was at an elementary school in Salt Lake. The meeting was going on as planned. Some protesters came in. I don't think there were a ton, maybe a dozen, but they came in with a megaphone and they were yelling abort the port is this the way to do it jim well greg's why do you want to say greg i'm talking to you right why now. why did my name just come out of your mouth you, you didn't even oh. make it a sentence i was gonna make something about abortion but i yeah. never i'm just okay. gonna let it go that's probably we're not, not a abort funny the board. No. Yeah, yeah yeah we're not going there no thanks abort a lot the port. jim look let's be simple about this okay the executive interim executive director Whatever his name is, some guy they put in there. He's making a hundred grand over. Like Does he six really months. make that up, or are you making that up? No, I. That's what it was. It was, it was like a hundred grand yeah. plus a bonus for six okay. months' work. So he has the audacity to look at people from Salt Lake and say, "You have no right to be here. Your voice uh, should be in proper channels, and then it can be considered." When the legislature passed that inland port, there were no public hearings on that proposal. This came out of nowhere, and the people of Salt Lake weren't even given the courtesy to, to speak to the bill as it was. And they created this 11-member body full of uh, people that have nothing to do with Salt Lake City, 100% on the territory of Salt Lake City. They threw the mayor and the city council out, and they put this junta in to run this port of people that do not share the same values as the people of Salt Lake City. So you got a guy on there from the uh, Community Impact Board, okay. which represents the fossil fuel industry on our city. You've got two people from Salt Lake County. You have uh, people from the governor's buddies. You got a Salt Lake City Council and you've member. And you got one member Laura out Fritz. of eleven. No, Laura Fritz. When eighty, she's not direct. She's not directed, appointed by the mayor, an elected official. But she's, she's there, there. She's as a Salt Lake mayor. City representative. Yeah, she, yeah, she's appointed by the mayor. All right, so two, two. I got to double check. Two it. out of eleven. I, okay. I didn't think she. I thought she was there for another reason. I'm saying this process was so terrible. When you do that and then you have the smugness to say, you know, you guys aren't using process. We're in charge here and you're not respectful to that. Oh, yeah? Where was the legislature? Where was the governor? Where were all these people behind closed doors when they were coming up with this board and took our land but away? But shouldn't process matter to some extent? I always tell my kids that I'll have a civil conversation with them, but I can't listen to them if they're yelling or screaming or whatever. Yeah, you just yeah. got to, like, settle down and talk. So well, is the megaphone the wrong approach? Yeah, I think the megaphone probably isn't in, a, in an attempt to communicate and understand mm -hmm. or find common ground. 
Um, you know, we talk, there's buzzwords in politics and public policy, transparency, openness, yeah. things like that. Uh, in an attempt to create more public hearings, if those public hearings are used to uh, come up with slogans like abort the port, have bullhorns and, and cause disruption and shut meetings down, um, we can say we want uh, public hearings and we want transparency, but if those are being used to shut down the work that's been passed by law, um, I, I don't. I think it's losing its merit, and I would be curious how the public digests things like that. I would. I wonder when we read about those accounts, do we think that's government working mm-hmm. on, for and on behalf of the people? Do we think it's it's dysfunction? What do we see when we see things like that? We, when we moved the prison, we had four years of public hearings. It was unprecedented. I worry that in the four years of those public hearings, I don't know that the public confidence uh, in terms of moving the public prison ever rose, uh, but you had a lot of angry people and you had a lot of fist pounding. I, I, I think we need to find common ground. We have to have open dialogue, but sometimes I think people uh, use those uh, occasions to create deeper divides and to create uh, controversy, there, which is unfortunate. There is reason for concern. At that meeting, were they actually letting Jim, do you know, people comment at the meeting if they wanted to come Wait in nicely Wait and talk? Wait a minute. This is like throwing somebody in prison who's innocent and then getting upset with them for raising their voice in the process. Look, the state came in. They saw this land. And they didn't want to steal, uh, deal with the city for whatever reason. And they went and they changed the law. They took over this 25% of the city's land. They took the city council and mayor out. They appointed a guy that no, nobody even knows who he is as the interim director of the thing. They put 11 people on, only two who have a relationship to the city. And they are going to plan the future for the next 50 years for our city, completely excluding, uh, at least after six months, planning and zoning. They get control over the money. I'm saying, talk about, if you don't want this kind of treatment, you should have sat down and you should have worked all of this out so that people aren't so angry about what's happening. And This could ultimately be good for the city, though, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Look, I believe... Originally, if you go back to the port, the bride the, the shrimp were the only people living there port. before, right? I and mean, nothing was happening. No sometimes money. it's okay to just have brine shrimp and and lands where six million birds come by. Not everything has to have a strip mall on it, you know. True. It's, it's not all bad. I'm saying the process fell down, and I'm not saying it's impo- It's it may be possible with a little. Um, rehabilitative therapy here okay maybe we can get to where we need to go but but yeah. the city's been disrespected through this I, process it so it doesn't surprise me you we, had you had during the session that we we passed the port you had members of legislative leadership go to public to the to the meetings with the city council yeah. and the mayor unprecedented you didn't see members of the legislature during their session come down to city hall and talk about this issue you had a day reserved uh, where legislative leaders on a saturday came to the state fairgrounds to hold public hearings about this the reality is that the House of Representatives did not receive the the bill, the Inland Port bill, yeah. till day, the evening of day 43 of a 45-day session. I will talk real politic here. That is done to slow bake and kill a bill. If you don't have time to have further hearings, that's why it was sent to the House with no time left. But it was important policy. The people that live in that area and with a global supply chain and being part of it and with the way the world and its economy is progressing in an area that, that not no, there wasn't going to be any development save the, the infrastructure yeah. that was already being put out there by the state, 
These are good things for the residents that live in the southwest part of Salt Lake City. It needs to be done collaboratively. I think there is a body of work where lawmakers have tried to do this collaboratively, but there has been a lack of leadership in the Salt Lake City side where that collaboration has not occurred. And I don't think it justifies bullhorns and trying to shut down meetings as you're trying to navigate and move forward with this issue. Okay. I've never been to one of those meetings. This is completely random, but while you were talking about getting rid of Brian Shrimp, I had a really great idea I'm going to go tell the port and the prison board about. I think we should redo the plans for the prison and some of those buildings out there and make rooftop gardens where the prisoners can garden, the birds can still come land. There you go. That'd be cool. I think it'll be awesome. See, I'm going to get on that. that. That's, you know what that's called? Deliberation, discussion, yeah. common uh, ground. Everybody, yeah. who knew? Step away from the start. Seriously, prison uh, with like trees on top. You could have like a little wooded area. You know, Jim doesn't me. want to admit it, but we got together and we started finding some solutions together. He doesn't want to admit it. No, but no, we, we did. It. We did. Greg and I. And you can go back and look at the. Yep. The They're legislature they passed really one of the worst bills in history, the first Inland Port bill. Yeah. And I went to Greg's office and said, "Greg, please don't ruin my city." And we're going to sue you. We're going to make the legacy highway look like or whatever. And we actually sat down and wrote down five or six things that would have made made that terrible bill into a better bill. And hey, Jim's and willingness we did get to step done. forward to work together to find uh, common ground yeah. really actually was was the catalyst to see the city council uh, from the city move forward and really start to work with legislative leaders. And I think you did get a, bill, a better bill in the long yeah. run. But that's what I'm talking about. It's common ground. It's actually talking to one another and trying to find solutions and problem solve, which in today's climate, we'd rather have bullhorns and screaming and yelling. And, and I do think there's a template out there to be exercised or used, but we're not seeing enough of it. Okay. Uh, speaking of solutions, we've been talking a lot about the housing problem in Salt Lake City proper and really Utah everywhere right now. I think a lot of people can't afford to get into a home. Um, when you go build in a neighborhood, I know the city I live in, every time there's an idea of maybe putting in condos and not having everyone have a third or a half an acre lot, people get upset. So um, we saw some of the, is it micro housing? Is that what we call it? Where you Micro have kind units. Of yeah. Micro units where some of the people who were homeless here in Salt Lake City are now living in dorm style, kind of like you're in college, where you have your own room and then there's some common living areas. Is this something, Greg, that we can do outside of Salt Lake City and maybe for all kinds of socioeconomic I, I, areas? Look, or you, you have single room occupancy where you have, a, as you've just described, a room, maybe a sink and then some common areas, yeah. shower rooms, things like that. Micro units have... They feel more like maybe a hotel room, yeah. Um, where there's one sink for the, that's for the bathroom, but for maybe uh, you know heating up in a microwave some food, but it's a micro unit. Yeah. Uh, Salt Lake City does a phenomenal job of multifamily and higher density, and and, sh and with this emerging workforce, really accommodating for that. As soon as you get outside of Salt Lake City, most communities feel that this is something that would draw crime, that would lower property values, that would be an undesirable element in their communities. And where we believe in local control, you're having planning commissions and city councils and cities across the state uh, rejecting this housing model. Problem is, we need it. I have a daughter that's uh, in college right now that I'm hoping one day will be able to have a job and be able to pay for her housing. Uh, we're seeing the cost of housing go up and up and up. Yeah. Some of these smart solutions, uh, not just for those that are uh, escaping or coming out of homelessness, but just our young people and their the, their disposable income, we have to have housing solutions in a time where housing costs are going up very, very quickly. I think that these smaller units close to inter, you know, intersections and transit, these are solutions that we have to be uh, having, doing and exploring more. 
But it all starts with your local jurisdictions, and there's a lot Except that aren't for ready a port. for it. Then the state then wants to take over, but so I won't go back. Before that. I go, you're bringing up an old topic. Why right, go right, back? Right, right, I do have a quick question that. on that before Jim gets a turn. So, <laughs> if someone wanted to put in housing like that at the old prison site when they redo Draper, and there's mm -hmm. a whole new city feel there, would you be okay with that? You live in that end of the valley. Yeah. Would that be part of the plan? Housing can be a part of it. There's 700 acres there. I what you want to see happen, and one of the reasons that you could justify moving the prison, it all needed to be rebuilt for more. 350 million. It was anyway cost, but there wasn't going to be a moment where they said, "Hey, let's spend 350 million on a Alcatraz-style prison instead of schools." It was just that 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 prison was going to continue to decay. It was not going to have the programming and the help that prisoners need, who all most come out of prison at some point. But if you have 700 acres that can produce tax revenue and and new revenue that wasn't before, it could pay for that move, and that was kind of the the impetus for moving the prison. Yeah. You want to make sure you have the Class A office. If you look north and south of where that prison is, you see the Silicon Slopes doing very well. You see Class A office. You want to continue that, hopefully, that land use model, but certainly housing can be part of that. People are going to need to live somewhere where they're working, and I think those solutions can be, can be uh, found. What about your neighborhood, Jim? Because there's probably not a lot of area to build in Salt Lake City, some place like that. But what if somebody wanted to redo a big house in your neighborhood and make it into a micro-housing? Would we, that be okay or we, is it not okay? Love, Salt Lake City loves variable kinds of housing. I mean, really, we like it high-rise, we like low-rises. We, I mean, we really, I think we're terrific about that. Okay. Affordable, all the rest. Here's, here's what the big issue is. You know, we've got to think big. And I wish Greg was still the speaker. What's the because big plan the, the in your head? The big plan is... Did you hear him say that? Can you, like, we, he wishes you were the speaker gonna, still. He's going to ask you to edit that <laughs> out. See, in my career, right? I will, because Greg, he usually he thinks big wrong, but he <laughs> thinks big. So I, I, I want to say there was a $28 million affordable housing package. Okay. This is the biggest issue. I mean, I'm looking at my Qualtrics report on the the numbering of issues, and it's mm -hmm. always education and air, or air and education, not just in Utah, not just in Salt Lake, but all over the state, in rural Utah, and suburban Utah. Housing, housing, housing. Our kids can't stay yeah. here. We can't do it. We can't afford a payment. And the legislature, they're fighting the last battle. They're still fighting money for transportation. So two years ago, we bonded for a billion dollars in transportation. And this year, they almost bonded for another $1.6 billion. You know what? Let the fossil fuels pay for themselves. Let's let the da gas tax rise to pay for the roads, and let's take. Two Although the gas tax hasn't always paid for roads, right? Sometimes it, it doesn't pay for roads at all. Yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, let's take two billion dollars, let's bond for it, let's attack the issue that we have right now. Interest rates are remarkably low. Let's lock it in, um, and then let's get the best developers in the state and sit down and say, how do we induce you to build what needs to be built? And a lot of it has to be, at least along the Wasatch Front, it's got to go this way and it's got to be near transportation. And then then let all those suburban towns say, nope, got to be three quarters of an acre. We're not See, taking it. The then problem. we say, yeah. do you want the two billion? Or not. If you don't want yeah. it, you continue to have your little farms on one acre. But if you want that state money, you got to recognize that the Chem Gardner Center, did you see the reports the other day? Yes. They are our state population uh, by 2065, was it? Or I 55? think it's down the road, yes. 
40-ish years. We're going to be yeah. 40 years. We're going to almost double, more 85% more. Where's everybody going to go? So I'm saying let the state use its strings. Let's be imaginative. Let's get $2 billion more. Let's imagine what that would incentivize. I feel like the imagination is there, though. When I look at some of these projects, housing is the new Walmart of Utah. People don't want it in their backyard. When you look at the Cottonwood Mall, I can't remember how many years it's been gone for and done. Ivory Homes wanted to go in there, I believe, was the one trying to redo that area. And there were going to be some multi, you know, Level family, that's right. Multi-family, and people weren't happy about it. it they didn't want it in their there. backyard, and, and including Salt Lake City. When I was doing uh, neighborhood meetings about Operation Rio Grande and the homeless, yeah, uh, the question about housing for those that had experienced homelessness yeah. would naturally come up, and I would say, I have an idea. Let's do it here. So if yeah. I was in the avenues or ballpark or somewhere else, and you could see almost a recoil from people going, "Well, I wanted it, but not here." Yeah. Um, but I will say this: there is a. Um, so I think we have to condition people that. The type of housing we're talking about is not a detriment to communities. It's actually it. it, it We've seen it work those. in daybreak. Absolutely, yeah. it does. But here's a here's a misunderstanding that I see on social media and everywhere else. There are people that call themselves anti-growth. Yeah. And they think that what we're doing is that we're just building things to attract growth. The reality is this state is growing from within. Families, children, birth rate, that is happening within far more than the people that are coming in out from outside the state. Yeah. So you can say I'm anti-growth, but the state's going to grow anyway in terms of its population faster than the national average. We do have people coming in from outside, but if you don't start planning that, if you yeah. think I'm anti-growth, so I'm simply not going to start planning in a smart way about how housing is going to happen, where it's going to be located, you're still getting it. You're still going to have like it, but it will not be planned, and it yeah. will interrupt communities in a far worse way than if you get ahead of it or try to and start identifying the best places where that development can occur. Before the $2 billion bonding? I, 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 I'm shocked to hear you say something that I actually agree with, but what I, I absolutely do. <laughs> the key you brought in is you have to bring in, the. It, they're called P3s, public-private partnerships. You have to have that blend. You've got to leverage it out. You, can't you don't just want the do state those, owning a billion What you dollars. don't want are those Chicago... Right. High-rise, government-owned tenements. You need yeah. to bring in developers with the with government to to fix these issues that are that were in the event. The event is that people cannot afford to yeah. to live here in, in Salt Lake Big or in Utah. Yeah. So I do I do concur with your. Yeah. And I think idea. the creativity has been there in some areas, and just the snobbery of some of our areas don't want to accept it. So we just need to be like, hey. One more Costco and a few more places to live. It can't be that bad, right? We can all get in and out faster. All right, we need to wrap this up, but we need to talk about something fun real quick. What are you doing this weekend, Jim? Um, 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 I, I, Make it sound I, fancy. I, I, a friend of mine is splitting up with his... That sounds sad. And, and we're going so out. We're so you're going to have a to sleepover dinner. to make him Did feel you hear better. The question. The question I was like, I, "What fun I, thing are you doing?" So I'm for going the to Park City. Being a to friend a great is good. Restaurant yeah. and just talk about all the problems. You know what? That's what friends are for. I'm yeah. glad you're there. That's a good best friend. Well, best that's friends forever. Exciting weekend. So what about yeah, you, Greg? Are you doing something so, so exciting? Avengers Endgame. Yes. Okay. My son is finally at the age where we can go to the gym. He can drive himself. I can meet him there. I get to Ooh, go to the gym with my kid. Yes. I've been waiting for this forever. So I get to go to the gym with my son. Um, I have a friend, my business partner. His uh, daughter's in a play at East High School. Nice. Newsies. I'm going to go see oh, that. I heard that's great. Yes, and so I'm excited to see her see play that. in that play. So I'm going to go to that as well. So I got a, I got a good weekend. And I got a former colleague whose uh, son is, uh, has been married, and they're having a wedding reception. So I got all that going on. 
a normal weekend that's busy, right? Me, I don't have anything fun. I do have tickets for Steel Magnolias the next weekend, so I'm excited about that. But I've got lots of yard work. I want to get the veggies planted. Uh, I need to do some spring cleaning at my house because my college daughter is moving back next week, and her 13-year-old <laughs> brother may have done some damage. Like, I keep things clean, but I need to get things, like, really clean what before she comes home. What a weekend I'm having. I know. I'm going to, like, we're and all going to be, like, doing jobs. We better vet Mom these questions. I want to go see Newsies. I know. Newsies sounds fun. We can't have fun no, every weekend, good. guys. Sometimes you have to just do stuff. And it's fun to go hang out with your friends. Yeah. All right. I hope we all have a great weekend. I hope everyone has a great weekend. I feel like this is a real downer. We've got to no, like it's good. So My weekend alone carried this show. It's a fun it's weekend. Good. I am going to go to the port and just stand on it. You're going to love it. You can do that. I think weekends for families and friends are the best. Sweatpants, you never have to get dressed up. So you can listen to us in your sweatpants or really whatever you yeah. want if you want. All right. Kay. That's it for us. I started to imagine people listening to this naked. Let's not have that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Jeez. I know. Yeah. Weird, right? We're all naked under our clothes. Have a great week. Bye-bye.